It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. This is Afternoons with Rob Breckenridge on News Talk 770 Radio, Calgary's breaking news and conversation station. Hi, players. This is John Boyega, and this is Star Wars Battlefront 2. With a dominating the multiplayer battlefront as Kylo Ren, leading your squadron through thrilling dogfights in space, stepping into the boost of Iden Versio in a new single-player campaign, or mastering your skills in split-screen arcade, this is a Star Wars experience like none other, with greater depth and progression than ever before. Okay, that looks awesome. <laughs> I don't know my saying. Uh, I'm a little bit of a Star Wars nerd. That's the trailer for Battlefront 2. Uh, the new Star Wars game for PlayStation, maybe the other one, I don't know. But yeah, it looks incredible. And comes at a perfect time, obviously, you got the um, the next Star Wars movie coming out uh, next month. I'm super pumped about that. It's a great thing about having an 11-year-old son. It's a good excuse to go see these movies, buy these games. Yeah, well, yeah, you know, just, uh, you know, just making the sacrifice, right, for the kid, uh, the kid's enjoyment, right, yeah. So... Uh, yeah, I, I saw this game. I'm like, yeah, that, that would be good to, to get him so I can play it. But then I read about this, and I thought, wow, I didn't even know this was a thing. Now, I, I get that with some of these free games and stuff you can get for your phone. One way for them to make money is that there are in-game purchases. Like, I had one of the uh, poker games on my phone. And, yeah, you can come back and you get free chips, but hey, if you want to spend a few bucks, you can get even more chips, this kind of stuff, so whatever. Uh, people want to spend their money that way. It seems like a silly thing to spend money on, but but go ahead. But I heard about this and this game, and there was a huge backlash against Battlefront right, right when it launched to the point that, that even uh, Disney, which owns Star Wars now, felt as though they were forced to respond. So it seems shocking to me that once you plunk down $80 for a video game, that you're still going to be asked to, to cough up even more money. So within this game, there's the opportunity to make in-game purchases. Now, it's kind of a shortcut in some ways to stuff that you'll eventually get if you put in the hours to, to play this game and build up the whatever. But one aspect in particular has drawn a lot of criticism because it, it almost seems like kind of a gateway to gambling what's known as loot boxes. So you buy these without knowing what you're going to get. So it's kind of like you're plugging the money, metaphorically, I guess. But yeah, you're paying the money. So it's like you're plunking your coins into your PlayStation and pulling the slot wheel and hoping for something good. So you buy the loot box without knowing what's in it. And maybe you'll be rewarded with a huge payoff. Maybe it'll be something minor. So it it, it seems almost like, you know, a, a VLT or a slot machine. It's one thing we're talking about uh, adults, but obviously games like this are, are targeted at kids. I don't know that that's, that's healthy. I wanted to get some expert insight on all of this. Joining us on the line is Dr. Kimberly Young, who's a licensed psychologist and internationally known expert on internet addiction. Netaddiction.com is her website. Dr. Young, great to have you with us here. Welcome to the program. Thank you for having me. All right. Well, I mean, how concerned should we be that, that video games are kind of becoming or could become almost like a, a gateway to, to gambling for young people? Well, 
Well, I think the the issue is that Internet gaming in and of itself has been already described as a serious condition. You know, the American Psychiatric Association um, talks a great deal about uh, what they call Internet um, gaming disorder. And really what we're looking at is is an overlap between gambling and gaming. I mean, people, you know, it's all about reward systems. They achieve rewards for a variety of things. Uh, new weapons that they, they acquire, whether it's in the game, or it could be some monetary value as in gambling. So I think, you know, whatever we're talking about, it's already been pretty well established and not that controversial. But what's different about what they call these loot boxes or loot bags within the game where, where you know, sure, a lot of games have in-game purchases, but, but this is almost akin to like, you know, pulling the lever on the slot machine and, and hoping for something good. Well, that's what I was going to say. It's more of like a variable ratio schedule, as we call it. So it's about intermittent reinforcement. Sometimes you open up the box and there's something there. Sometimes you buy something and there's nothing there. And it really is like pushing the you know lever on a slot machine. Sometimes you might get a few more um, lever pushes, and sometimes you get some money, and sometimes you get nothing. And that, and it's not consistent. So that is exactly the whole reward system behind gambling. I mean, that's how it works. That's why people sit there for hours because they, they don't know when the next reward's going to come and they just keep pressing. And it's sort of like you just keep buying these little loot boxes and it's the same thing. You don't know what you're going to get. And there's a, an adrenaline rush with that. And then you look at the biology and most addictions are also generated through dopamine um, release. And so it makes our body feel good um, to kind of have that adrenaline rush. So whether we're talking about gaming, gambling, you know, alcoholism, you know, any of that triggers this excitement and anticipation. And so I think if you keep that in mind, it doesn't really matter what the activity is. It just matters the outcome and, you know, what what it, it fuels for an individual user. Well, and in this instance, when we're talking about uh, Disney and Star Wars and, and electronic arts, a massive video game company, uh, this is a game that's going to retail for 70 or 80 bucks, and it's going to make a ton of money. Uh, I mean, it, it, to have these kind of in-game purchases just seems like a bit of a, a money grab. And then when they're doing it in such a risky way, I mean, it, it just seems so so needless. Well, yes. I mean, there's a lot. I think the thing is, there's a lot at stake. I mean, you come out with a movie... Star Wars. But now it's the game and the there's so many opportunities to merchandise is my point and to make money. Yeah. So profitability is really the, the main goal for these companies, not necessarily saying, oh, well, it could be addictive. Well, of course they want it to be addictive. They hire behavioral psychologists to make the games addictive, to say, how can we keep enticing people to play longer, to do more, to spend more? How can we do that? And and that's pretty much all they're, we're, we're talking about. At this point, is is profitability? Well, do we and, need some some we, oversight? I mean, it seems like other countries are, are are way further along in that sense. In the in the hierarchy of addictions, really, you're going to talk about drugs and alcohol, and the internet seems kind of lower on that totem pole. And then you also have, you know, the manufacturers, the gaming manufacturers, the technology companies that have powerful lobbyists. It's sort of like smoking for years. We knew the research said this was harmful, nicotine. But the nobody, you know, the tobacco industry did not want to accept that this was really a bad thing that we were giving to people because there was too much money at stake. It's the same thing. What do parents need to, to watch for then? Because, I mean, you know, it's, it's not necessarily an indictment on the entire video game industry, but maybe there, there are some, some red flags to watch for. 
Well, I think ultimately with parents, they need to really start their children without any technology. I've seen children as young as one to two or three years old. And for example, I came up with what I call the three, six, nine, twelve parenting guidelines based on the developmental age of a child. So from infant to three, from three to six, six to nine and nine to 12 and so forth, what they should be thinking about. And I think the biggest thing is to be proactive right when your child's born and to not just give them technology loosely. It needs to be tightly controlled. It needs to be monitored. I think games should be off limits for a long, long period of time because I'm seeing, you know, tweens and younger starting to have problems with games and they don't want to do their homework. They're not actually studying for school. They're just playing all these games or downloading mobile apps and things. So I think to be very proactive as a parent is some of the challenge because we're also told that that these, um, that technology is very educational, but that's not always how it's being used at home. Well, some great insights. Uh, More at netaddiction.com. Dr. Young, thanks so much for joining us here today. Really appreciate this. Thank you for having me. It's uh, Kimberly Young, psychologist and expert on internet addiction. So her thoughts on this controversy. Uh, so, yeah, I, I don't understand. I mean, is it, is it worth the backlash to earn a few bucks off, off kids buying these uh, loot boxes? So here's a bit of the background. This is from, from the Washington Post. So it all started a month ago when EOA showcased that Battlefront 2 would have a loot box system in place for players. Was it an issue back in the days when you, you know, had uh, Nintendo? So it's certainly a, a different kind of world. So on top of the 60 to $80 retail price, the game would allow players at home to spend more money on digital boxes, which can give you random extra benefits. Each loot box contained a random reward. So you get abilities to do more damage or move faster, etc. But you don't know what you're spending money on. The more you spend, the higher your chances of winning. As one website explained, you could get those same benefits without spending real-life money, but you'd have to do it by playing matches against other players to earn fake game money, which could take dozens, if not hundreds, of hours. Loot boxes have become increasingly normal in recent years, including in games like uh, the popular shooter game Overwatch and the recent Call of Duty game. Publishers claim that because development costs of of games can rival some Hollywood summer blockbusters, this is needed to make up their cost. But with Star Wars, creating a random loot economy raised flags because some consider the practice akin to gambling, and this brand is marketed heavily toward children. Beyond that, most other competitive games do not offer pay-to-win advantages, which imbalances the game in favor of playing players. So weeks of public outcry culminated in the game's publisher, EA, taking to Reddit to defend itself on the controversy. That comment became the most downvoted or disliked post in Reddit's 12-year history. So finally, then, on the eve of the game's launch, EA said it had temporarily removed the in-game purchases. So I don't think these need to be banned, but I think this needs to be uh, acknowledged for what it is. And if games are going to have that, then that should certainly impact their rating. Right? We've got a rating system in place, and it works fairly well. And look, a lot of it is is self-regulation by the industry. So factor this in. If you've got what's essentially then in-game gambling, like slot machines basically you spend money on, then that that should impact the game's rating, and parents should know that that's there. So maybe that's one way to address this, because otherwise, if you allow for this backlash, you're going to have government step in, and you're going to have all kinds of of regulation or bans even. Because, look, if consenting adults know about this, and they play these games, and they want to spend their hard-earned money on that, then fine, that's up to them. I don't know that the practice is illegitimate necessarily, but it doesn't sound like, like something that should be targeted at kids, clearly. Anyway, 974-8255, your thoughts on this controversy. We're back with more right after that. 
Afternoons with Rob Breckenridge, starting at 1230 on News Talk 770 Calgary.